You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Giganticast. I really appreciate y'all tuning in and for the support over the years. I want to give this episode a special introduction. I sat down with my assistant, Caston, to watch the movie Colossal. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Colossal is a 2016, 2017, I believe, um, uh, independent kaiju film starring Anne Hathaway. And it's sort of controversial, especially in the fandom. Now, Caston, <laughs> ironically, even though she's my assistant, doesn't really know a whole lot about kaiju. I've been taking it upon myself to educate her. I've shown her a couple of films. We're still kind of working our way through it. But um, I one thing that I wanted to do was have her watch this film. And given her background in psychology and human sexuality, I wanted her to give some insight into uh, the kind of relationships and psychology that are the driving centers of this film. Now... What I didn't realize was that she was going to draw on more personal experiences uh, regarding her own abusive relationship she was in. Now, we don't get too much into the gory details of it, but uh, I did want to uh, give a, something of a content warning before we started, simply because I know that this subject can be a little touchy, uh, and we do cover some slightly heavier subjects in this episode. So, while I do think that this is important, uh, it's, it's an important subject, an important conversation to have, I also recognize that, you know, y- you, dear listener, may not have the bandwidth for something like this. It, you may just, it may just not be something you want to listen to right now. Um, and, you know, or maybe you've had your own experiences, so... And and maybe you'll get a lot out of it, or like I said, maybe it's just a little too much right now. So I wanted to give a slight content warning. Uh, it's not a big deal. You know, we've got plenty of other episodes coming out that are really fun and a little lighter. But I do think it's an important conversation to have. So um, if you're comfortable with that, then... Uh, by all means, join us for the episode. Uh, and uh, just as an FYI, Kasten is very blunt. She's a very matter of fact, and she generally talks about stuff that, for her, don't really bother her anymore. She's a very strong and uh, capable person who's done a lot of self-reflection and work. Uh, and uh, I just, you know, I think that she has a lot to say, especially on a show like mine, which is about finding the deeper meanings in kaiju cinema and also introducing people outside of the fandom uh, to the medium. So thank you so much. And I really hope you get uh, uh, something out of this episode because I, I know we certainly did. So thanks and enjoy the show. From the depths of pop culture rises a beast of unimaginable obsession to wreak havoc on the podcast of man. This is the Giganticast.
Caston. Hi. Hi. How'd you get in my house? Um, <laughs> I work with you? Uh, I think you're living in the walls. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the attic, actually. No. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, another episode of the Gigantic Cast. You're just drowning in Gigantic Cast these days. Uh, I, uh, you guys know who I am, I'm Matt, but I have with me a first-time guest on the podcast, not necessarily first-time guest on microphone. Caston <laughs> here does live streams with me. Yay! Yay, she is my assistant. Mm-hmm. She's been helping me for the last, what is it, like the last couple months? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, in the <clears throat> middle of lockdown when it was all done online and I was, uh, Stream. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah, and now you know you're actually helping me do a whole bunch of other stuff like IRL, yeah. IRL, like getting all my prints packaged and mailed out. <sighs> I, that really scratches my OCD itch, like getting all the addresses together and packaging everything up and making sure everything has the right little label and what goes in it and double checking it and making lists where you can actually check off all the people and make sure. Yeah, I love that stuff. Uh, and honestly, it, it, it's been a tremendous help because God knows I am drowning. Drowning is a good <laughs> word to describe it. But after you and I started talking and hanging out and stuff, you you told me that after listening to my first streams and stuff, you didn't know what the word kaiju meant. Nope. And you started googling it and yep. stuff, and you I were don't like, like feeling dumb. <laughs> Trust me, no one's ever felt dumb by not knowing what kaiju <laughs> means. But now you know, you've done a little bit of research on your own. Mm-hmm. And since we started hanging out properly, I've uh, wanted to introduce you to the genre and sort of get your get your feet wet a little bit. Which to date, you've only seen one Godzilla movie. One Godzilla, three Gamera, and then Colossus today. Colossal, yes. Colossal Yes, that's correct. And that's the movie we really, I wanted to talk about because I haven't really talked about Colossal on my show in any real depth. Even though I, I really like this movie and I think more kaiju fans especially should give it a try. Because it's very different. For a lot of other films in the genre. Speaking of fans, don't you think they should know who the fuck I am? Well, <laughs> I was leading to that. There's a structure. You know I don't have patience. I know you don't. Well, tell the people a little bit about who you are and what you do and all that. Okay. Well, my name is Kasten. Um, I love my name. Best thing my mom ever gave me. She was Kathy, K-A. She grew up in Houston, F-T-O-N. I, I fucking love it. And she was a teen mom, which is why I got a cool name. Which is also why I went into the sex education and sex therapy field. Because teenagers shouldn't be having babies. Because they <laughs> want them. I mean, but... Well, not advisable. Yeah, some teenagers are older than others. But yes, in the state of Texas, it is very difficult to do that. So I find my, my little niches here and there that I can fit into and help out. Um... I love doing that, and condoms are forever awesome, and please talk to your kids about safe sex. And sex in general. And call them the proper names, dear God, please. Don't call them, you know, the bits. <laughs> but the bits is fun <laughs> when you're, you know, already know what they are. Yes, but if you're a four-year-old trying to tell a teacher that someone touched their bits, like, they, I mean, <laughs> if Kibble. they need the proper name. Kibbles and bits? No. Did, you touch the, did you touch the cat's food? <laughs> okay, I thought that was just dog food. Is kibbles and bits dog food or cat food? I thought it was dog food. I get you no know, kibbles and bits is that's not what we're talking about. 
<laughs> so, like I said, you've uh, one of the so one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk to you specifically about the movie Colossal is because it's a movie about relationships, and it's about a particular kinds of relationships, and it's also just a it's a very character focused kaiju movie, which uh, to the point where they don't even really make it about the kaiju. Yeah. Like whatever is going on there, that's just, that's just a monkey wrench that's been thrown in to what would otherwise be, I think a fairly straightforward movie about abusive relationships, essentially. Oh, and just so y'all know, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> uh, the, sh the I'll, I'll give a, a quick overview of the film. And then if and then once that's over, if y'all don't want to hear the rest of it, don't listen to the rest of the podcast. But if you want to, you know, listen in and get some perspective on the film and then go try it for yourself, then there you go. But uh, yeah, so the short version is the movie is uh, directed by Nacho Viglande. Viglando? Viglando? Nacho V. Nacho V. Uh it, who is sort of an indie darling in film. He, he, his films always get, or the films I know of his have gotten really rave reviews. The film is about Gloria played by Anne Hathaway, which was this, who was this movie's big get. And it just occurred to me, I should have opened up the Wikipedia article for the film. So that way I wouldn't be getting names wrong. But anyway, Gloria is down on her luck and get my big old clackers over there. The clamps. <laughs> <laughs> she's down on her luck she's an alcoholic and has clearly um kind of hit in a lot of ways hit rock bottom her boyfriend kicks her out of her house so she moves back home to this small town i assume somewhere in upstate new york and reconnects with an old friend starts working and then there is a monster that appears in Korea, in Seoul, Korea, but it only ever shows up at a particular time in the early morning and only for a couple of minutes and only in this one particular area. And it's only when Gloria Anne Hathaway is in that area that this monster shows up. In that area where she's at in New York, not in Seoul, just to be clear. That's right, that's right. The monster appears in Seoul, which is on the opposite side of the planet from that particular area of uh, New England or New York or wherever they are. So, yeah, um, that is about as spoiler-free as this is going to be. Now, the other thing I do want to emphasize to people is that this is a movie about... It's not really about the kaiju. The kaiju are set-dressing. It's just an inciting incident. It's really about relationships. And that's it for no spoilers. So... <laughs> Those of you who are still around, let's talk about the movie. <gasps> okay, so I've I've waxed poetically in the past many times about how much I love this movie. What were your overall impressions of it after after watching it? And don't worry, you're not gonna hurt my feelings. <laughs> okay, not you, Matt, but it rang very true for a relationship I was in, also with a guy named Matt, when I was in my late <laughs> teens and early twenties. That was reflected of both of the very bad relationships that she was in. Although I was not an alcoholic, I was a workaholic. But mm. I mean, an aholic, if you will. I like that. <laughs> but it it's very true, and the little subtle details you get that. 
once you've been in the relationship, you know, you see these tiny little tells. Whereas if you've never had any experience in an abusive relationship, you would not know any of this stuff. And it'd be like the, the metaphor of the frog in the water. You get the frog and it goes in the water and he's fun. You turn the fire on underneath it. And it slowly starts to heat up, and that's mm, the abuse. Right. And it slowly happens to where they apologize, which he did several times. Both of them did when they fucked up. They apologized, and she came back to them. So she stayed in that water as it got hotter and hotter and hotter. Mm-hmm. And she did manage to get out right before she fucking boiled to death, which not every person, mostly women, can do. Yeah, and it's so, it's so fascinating to hear that perspective. Because I, when I saw this movie in 2017, I saw it with a couple of friends, uh, as well as Morgan. And this is also one of Morgan's favorite movies. She's one of your friends too, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, of course she, but, but she, this was like one of her favorite. She loved this movie. And I remember one of our friends we were, we were, we were with basically, came right out of the film and said that was one of the best representations of abusive relationships I've ever seen on film. And the character, the, the main, the, the main antagonist, I guess you could say is played by, uh, Jason Sudeikis, who is best known for romantic comedies. In fact, he was there at the screening we were at, along oh. with the director, and they did a little. They did a little. It was all during South by Southwest. Yeah. They did a little Q and A afterwards, and it was uh, one of the things that people kept asking him about was, and I, I don't think I've seen any other movies that he's uh, worked on. Yeah, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at his list of best known movies. He's usually plays nice guys, and he didn't. This was a real turn for him he doesn't play characters like this and he played it terrifyingly well (laughs) yes and i've talked to more than a few people who are like that who who have had those experiences because you have a person who he seems so great and he seems so nice and it doesn't just it doesn't just have to go i assume i'm i I don't want to make generalizations here but i would say that this doesn't just include being in a romantic relationship with someone that then starts to turn mm-hmm. south. It can be any number of forms of abuse where someone who they seem so great and they create this foundation and then you start to see these things turn, these little these red flags keep popping up. To to back up just a little bit, sure. the foundation they build is also a foundation where the other person feels as though they need them. That is part of the foundation yeah. is that you cannot stand without me. And right. so sets that, that trap up from the beginning. Right. Cause he, he finds her just walking the streets of her hometown. I don't think that was just random. She, he mentioned that's right. Cause movie. he was stalking her yes, basically. Yeah. And I am sure that either her or one of her friends posted on social media about, you know, her going back to her hometown. And right. He's a, he's a stalker type. So to me, looking back after seeing the end, that was not a coincidence. That is, I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. And that's what I love about this movie is that I can, I, I feel like this is a movie that can really broaden people's horizons. Cause I've talked to some friends who they watched this movie and they identified with Sudeikis's character with Oscar. And then when that turn happens, 
little light goes off in their head. I've seen it happen, and it goes. Sometimes it goes yeah. in two directions. One, some, a lot of people, they turn on the movie, and they're like, "I didn't like that. I didn't like that he out of nowhere suddenly became it a takes bad person." An actor that other people love, like for instance, my equivalent would be David Tennant. I fucking loved him in Doctor Woo! Who. But in Jessica Jones, oh, oh my fucking the, god, he is it, amazing. It broke me that he was so good oh. at that. And I'm like, no, but he's the good guy. But he's a rapist control freak, which is exactly what these guys are. It's the right. exact same thing. It's about control, and it, it's it's uh, and it's just so fascinating because you know, like I said, these people will a lot of guys will see this character, and again, they'll either turn on the movie. Or it'll make them start thinking. Because I've had more than a few conversations with people who were like, yeah, at first I didn't like the movie. And then I sat on it a little bit and realized, oh, it's because I I acted like Sudeikis' character. Mm-hmm. I've done stuff like that. And I think that's the important thing to remember is that some people, sometimes people don't realize they're doing it. Subconsciously, though, they need that control. Yep. And... Hey, it's almost like movies are important and they help us think about stuff. I mean, I'm that person. I am a control freak, mm. but I am very much so aware of those tendencies of mine. And so most people have first thoughts and th- second thoughts. I have third thoughts sitting back there watching <laughs> my first two thoughts to make sure they don't get into fucking trouble at all. Mm. Because I could I could be a psychopath. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I have lots of empathy, but, y- yeah, things are right or things are wrong. And sometimes, you know, you can't trust other humans to make the right choices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we're in trouble, guys. Oh, boy, we're in trouble. Uh, it, it's just, I think that, I think the important thing is to be able to identify it. Because I know I'm the kind of person where I've, I've... Sorry, guys, we're going to be talking about what some people would consider political or SJW stuff, or maybe it's just basic human psychology. <laughs> and not just beyond, not just psychology, but the psychology of relationships. And part of the whole Me Too thing, which I feel Don't like. Don't put this, it like that. That sounded like a dick move. The Me what? Too thing, just the way you said it. I will rephrase. Thank you. Part of the Me Too movement. There you go. <laughs> Is, you know, whenever I see that, the whole hashtag not all men things. Sorry, guys, we're going to get pretty deep in this episode. I need to put a big warning, <laughs> a big red, bold what, warning. Spoiler alert and don't get butt hurt. Yes, spoiler alert, <laughs> don't get butt hurt. We're going to talk about gender politics. Oh, no. But whenever I see people say things like the whole hashtag not all men thing, which is basically a joke at this point. People started saying that because they, a lot of guys want to, and a lot of, a lot of gals, and a lot of. Pause there. He would have typically said girls, but I have trained him. (laughs) Sorry, people can't make the good choice. So I have explained to him that calling females that are adults girls is sexist and and does continue that power imbalance of Mm. a man and a girl so he's been very good matt's been really good about catching himself with that could i say boys and girls yes okay can i as long as they're equal well i i like calling character male characters boys a lot oh i hope you don't if they're black someone get offended okay 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 (laughs) all right i know i know it's 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 more that 
It's more that, uh, like, I look, I watch Ultraman and be like, oh, my sweet dork boys. See, that's different, though. That's like a, a term of endearment. It's affection. So, uh, what like if, when I call you silly boy when you do something. It's but just, if, you know. So you're saying that the using the term girl is, because of that historic power imbalance, it makes it, it, it still makes it's it infantile. It's a loaded word. It's loaded. Food for thought, guys. Food for thought. Uh, and, and that's the thing that I, I, I really have tried to bring to the gigantic cast is I really want people to think about this stuff a little more deeply. And that's one of the reasons why Colossal is one of those films that helps people do that. Cause it's a kaiju film and but is it? it is, I mean, is it? it's a kaiju film. I mean, I, I'm not that I'm an expert. I've seen, you know, four before this one. So, but it was just very much different because then all the other ones, my biggest complaint was. We don't get any backstory on the characters. We don't get information about the characters. It makes it difficult for me to link with them. Right. But this is completely different. It's the opposite of it. And and that is... I feel like I was going down one path and we totally derailed. <laughs> we'll come back around to it. Well, no, I was talking about the, the, the uh, hashtag not all men thing. Which I think is one of the uh, knee-jerk reaction a lot of guys, especially people who identify as men, I guess I could say... Uh, would have to this film this kind of hashtag not all men oh no not all men are bad people and it's like yes that's true but you gotta understand that there's stuff that you could have easily done you don't even realize you're doing it yes and if I may mm. and especially here in the south we're in Texas bless our hearts that it's men are raised to take care of women and they could go in with the best intentions of, of doing things that They've seen their father do for their mother or sure. other families or in media. And they think that's just the right thing to do without realizing that that particular action is demeaning to women. Like for me, I do not like it when guys open the door for me. It pisses mm. me off mm. because it is a sign that they are saying, oh, you are small and weak and frail <laughs> and let me do this thing for you. So instead, I run up in front and hold the door open for guys and it makes them very uncomfortable. I, uh, one of my friends is going to, you're going to short circuit his brain <laughs> because he holds the door for everybody. Okay, he makes sure that stuff. is completely acceptable. I do that too. Okay, so Just he, don't be gender specific and then you're fine. These are all very loaded topics, guys and gals and everybody in between. Uh, and I think that, again, we're having a discussion. Because you've raised a lot of things to my perspective that I hardly ever think about. Or rather, I want to think about more and more in depth. But back on the subject of whether or not this is a kaiju film. So I saw this movie, again in the theater, didn't really know much about it except for the trailer I saw. And I was like, oh, this is absolutely a kaiju film. But it's not in the style of a Godzilla movie. It's not in the style of even a Gamera movie. What this is, is this is a throwback to something more like Ultra Q, which was a, what? <laughs> You're a Star Trek fan. Oh, Q was yeah. one of my favorite characters. So as soon as he said that, Ultra, like, Ultra Q. Q, I'm like, fuck, the universe is fucked. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Ultra, Ultra Q. Q. <laughs> Look at how big my pants are. Why did you, why did you make your pants that big, Q? Uh, I guess that was my Picard. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Ultra Q stands for Ultra Question or uh, uh, something along those lines because... 
it was a television series made in the style of the Twilight Zone. It was an anthology series in 1966 that we've talked about on the show a little bit, but you don't know what it is. So it predated Ultraman. It was the show that basically led into Ultraman, but this was before there was a hero. It was just groups of characters dealing with supernatural uh, stuff that happened. Mm -hmm. And there was always very little information about what was actually happening. It was this thing that would just happen. And we'd be like, what the hell? And now everyone has to deal with it. It was like a, a like a freak storm or a, or a tidal wave or an earthquake. You just, there was no warning. And in 1966, that was more plausible because the idea of, you know, freak disasters, especially in Japan, were so much more accepted and commonplace. Well, we didn't have the technology to give us the forewarning we have today. Exactly. So it created this... Uh, well, they so uh, a lot of the people who worked on Ultra Q also worked on Godzilla and a, a bunch of other movies. Just like anything, time. it's incestuous. You get the same people over and over. That's and over a again. really good word. The kaiju genre is fairly incestuous. A lot of the people who work on one thing will go and work on another thing, and another they'll bat the ping pong around in it. My husband's in the game industry, and we've been part of the game industry for uh, fifteen years now. Yeah, the people. And so it's I know <clears throat> people at every single fucking company in the U.S. and a couple in Canada because there's just all the same people. We've only been in ourselves at three different companies. Right, but you but got, yeah, you all, all know each other. Yes, we all know each other. I mean, the comics industry is the same way. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day uh, who was, uh, he got a, he got signed on to working on the Ultraman comic coming out from Marvel and I was asking him like, oh, how'd you get the gig? And he told me like, oh yeah, well I knew this guy who's now like, yep. you know, who, who I knew this guy over here. And so, you know, it, and so the kaiju genre and tokusatsu, the Japanese effects genre, is the same way. And Ultra Q, like if we were to go watch an episode of Ultra Q, which we're not going to do because it's midnight. Uh, if we were to go watch an episode of Ultra Q, you would be like, oh. Because Ultra Q was pretty character focused. Like you would have the character starting an episode. And it was about them. Like this, this guy had a crush on her, but she has a crush on the other guy. And there's sort of this little love triangle going on. Oh, but... um. There's a giant flying walrus lizard that just landed in Tokyo, and it has ice breath. <laughs> and there's no explanation where this thing came from. It just popped out of the Arctic Circle. But because the Arctic ice caps were melting, this thing just appeared. Well, see, there's your reasoning. Well, but what is this thing, and where did it come from? It just, uh, it's yeah. just, or there's always a little bit to it. But with Colossal... I would I would I would say that it leans even further in the direction of something like the Twilight Zone where and I know this drives you crazy but the uh the how of it isn't really important because we all cuz trust me the whole movie we were sitting here wondering like when I first originally saw it I was like okay what what the hell how is this happening and then there's the scene of the flashback when they're kids mm -hmm. When the lightning, this weird lightning that's acting all crazy. It's slow-mo is what it it's is. It's slow-mo lightning strikes her and somehow these elements that are all around them, the little, the act of destroying soul, her little diorama of soul. You kind of skipped made. over a whole so I know, I'm skipping over. If you have not seen the movie, none of this will make sense. Sorry, Ari, I'm going a mile a minute. What we discover where the, the impetus of the kaiju element comes in is when their kids, they were uh, walking home or no, they were no. going to school. Would they were you going like to me school. to tell a story 
sorry. You tend to jump around. I jump around. You tell it. You tell it. Okay, so when these two were kids, the main character, the male and the female, they were going to school. They had dioramas due, and each of them had one. It was a windy, stormy-esque day. They were almost to the school. The wind blew hers over into the bushes. He jumped over to go get it. She followed him. She, he did not see her, and he picked it up, and she saw him smash it and stomp on it. At that exact same moment, lightning striked her, and then we see that she falls over, and a uh, kaiju falls out of hers, and then... Of her backpack. The, yeah, of her backpack, and the same thing happens to him. Right. And a kaiju falls out of his backpack, and they right. are the analogs for the modern ones. And, and I know it, I know it drives you crazy, but for me, someone who's been in this genre for so long, I'm like, oh, that's all we need. <laughs> and I'm like, where did this fucking tree storm come from? <laughs> was it like, aliens? Like I was saying earlier, it's like the fucking smoke monster in Lost. Like, drives me insane. And the ring, where did the girl come out of the Like, what? I, I need to know. I'm a science-based person. Very much science-based. Right. I need to know the whys. Well, the re and, and the reason why it was more acceptable for me is because... Kai, the th one of the things that makes kaiju kaiju and the genre by extension kaiju is that you never really know that much about what's happening because the genre was essentially born in Japan and part of I'm going to get artsy fartsy highfalutin culture nonsense here but for the Japanese accepting that you have no control is a big part of the genre. I did look on your face. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that's my biggest fear. All my nightmares I have are legitimately about losing control and not that. Yes. Yes. Very much. The. No, thank you. That Yes. Yeah, so, so the. What's the word I'm looking for? So, but in Japan, one thing that is a constant is a constant over there is, oh, Mount Fuji could erupt and we could all die. Like at any time, or a tsunami could come through because we uh, we sit on the ring of fire and we're prone to earthquakes. And I have personally been in four or five earthquakes while I was over there, just little little itty bitty baby ones. They just kind of zhuga 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 zhuga. You feel like you're on a boat, but you're in a building. I wouldn't know, you little witch white boy. I've never been on a boat before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have this back and forth. I grew up stupid poor, mm -hmm. and, you know, he thought his childhood was pretty normal until he started describing it to me. I'm like, you were one of the rich kids that all of us poor kids in the trailer park wished we were. Oh. So I pick on him about it. Well, you know, it's the company we keep. <laughs> it's, what I mean is, we'll get you to Japan. We'll get you there. And then maybe you'll get to experience an earthquake for yourself. Won't that be fun? I did one in L.A. Oh. when we were there working on Call of Duty World at War. Okay. I thought it was a train. That was wrong. Yeah, it kind of... <laughs> well, the little bitty ones, they feel yeah. like like a train's going by or something. Uh, trust me, the first one we were ever in, we were outside. And we were just walking. It was night. And we were walking back to the train station. And it was terrifying. Because we heard the sound like a... Um, like a um, like a garage door being pulled mm -hmm. open, or not just a garage door. Like if you go to a storage unit, you see those ripple doors they have, yeah, and it makes that. We heard that noise, and we realized, oh, that's every window in the area shaking at once. All the birds took off, and we just felt the ground move. And Morgan and I almost lost our shit, but our friends Jim and Jr. were like, "Was that a quake?" 
Because, <laughs> you know, they live there. They're used to it. So that is a large part of where the kaiju genre comes from, is this idea that sometimes there's no explanation for stuff. Sometimes stuff just comes out of nowhere. And there's these things that you kind of can't explain, or we can't explain yet, I should say. Thank you. I was going to jump in and say that same thing. Just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't have an explanation. Humans are not as intelligent as we think we are. <laughs> That's why aliens haven't visited us. We're too dumb. <laughs> or maybe they're already here and we just don't know. Well, I've always, I like the, <laughs> I like the explanation that we're on a biological preserve. And they're just really, really good at hiding themselves. Yep. But we're... It's like watching us fuck. <laughs> Science! Science! So, <laughs> that's kind of my... That's the broad explanation of that attitude. Of where the, where the attitude of... Uh, basically, you get just enough to know sort of what's going on with the kaiju and kind of where they come from, but you don't really know. All that matters is that they're here and now we have to deal with them. I assume that the writer of this movie was a fan of those older shows. Yeah, he, he as I understand it, Nacho V is a, a, a really big fan of the genre. And this was sort of his little indie homage, homage indie tribute to it. And funnily enough... This film sort of has a an infamous reputation in the Godzilla fandom. First of all, because, well, let's be honest, guys. The Godzilla fandom has a little bit of a toxic masculinity problem. Sorry. That's pretty much every. A lot of fandoms are like that. But kaiju and spe specifically have a lot of appeal to um, male power fantasies. You're about to get some more, a lot more Cuck Frank Fridays out of this. I love it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Fucking bring it on. Oh, get it all over my face. Great <laughs> moisturizer. Mmm. And protein. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what my point is is that. Beyond, I mean, I got, I was, I was waxing poetically about how much I liked this movie back when it um, uh, originally came out, and somebody sent me a message on Tumblr or something. It said, "Oh, I heard you like Colossal, aka all women are good and all men are evil." And I'm like, "Okay, so you didn't watch the movie because Gloria is a mess. Yeah, she is. She's a kind of a bad person. Well, she's not a bad person. I, I would she's... go so far as to say she is a." Hot mess. Hot mess is a good way to describe it. Because she clearly, she has a conscience. That's the difference between her but and... she drinks it away. She, yeah, she drinks it away. That's the difference between her and Jason Sudeikis. Because he is... A, you you pegged him as a sociopath. Immediately. Because mm -hmm. at first we were all like, Oh, he's such a sweet guy and blah blah blah. And then uh, at a certain point... You when we're in his house, we're and in we his see house. There's a photo. Of, I'm, I'm guessing it was his mother and him. It was his. It was that girl. He, oh, that was that lady. He tried to. Good boy. Get it? Get it? <laughs> That's a double standard. <laughs> I don't like it. Hashtag not all men. There's a uh, the the yes. woman who's had her face scratched out. That was the woman he yep. almost married. Yep, and had the the, the baby. And right. Yeah. This. If you know anybody that scratches out faces of human beings. They're likely a psychopath. Mm -hmm. Sociopath of some flavor. Go listen to last podcast on the left if you want to know more about sociopaths. Oh. I love that show. <laughs> I love it. The I know it's not your cup of tea. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I like it. Anyway. Um, so you, you identified him as a sociopath. And, uh, and, and, and that's the difference between him and... Gloria, because when they have the flashback to when they're kids, unprompted, he just smashes the 
the little thing of the little Korea diorama that she made. I don't I I don't agree that it was unprompted. Well, we don't know what happened well, again. Based on the scenes before if you were to stitch together all of the flashbacks into one thing, you can see his diorama is kind of pretty crappy and hers is really awesome. Mm. And because he's a sociopath, he has to be the best at everything and the most important thing. Mm. And if since hers is better than his, he cannot allow that. Okay, okay. So thus it's destroyed just like he didn't want her to leave because she was, you know, got out of the tiny little town. And he did not want that because that would be better than him stuck in this, you know. And, and it wasn't even that it was necessarily sexual or relationship-based. He just he just was so... With everybody. It wasn't right, yeah, just Because he owned the other two characters, essentially. I mean, she sleeps with the cute guy, the cute dumb guy. And, like well, well, you know. <laughs> he She sleeps with him and then... He uh, can't even, doesn't even spine to stand up for her when she's getting the crap kicked out of her. Literally. Yeah, he, she, oh man. That scene, when, 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 when the movie went there, it got to the point where uh, Jason Sudeikis' character is literally beating her in the playground. It's deeply upsetting because we don't see that in movies. But, but... If you recall, several scenes before, we were all cheering when she was hitting him. Right. Why is it okay for her to hit him and not him to hit her? It's one of those more sexual it's, it's, differences that's that's not fair. It's like it's, either we all hit or we no hit. Like, it's very deeply ingrained. Yes. It's deeply ingrained, this idea that... Well, ostensibly, you shouldn't hit anybody. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, I was right there with you, Root, and I was pissed off she was using an open hand. I kept telling her to use a fucking fist. Get him in the rocks! <laughs> yeah, and, and, well, it's also, we also uh, sympathize with her. Yes. We sympathize with her because she has a conscience, and when she realizes that she's killing people, or has killed people accidentally by being this monster and stumbling around drunk in soul... You see the paths diverge because at first she's just kind of goofing around like it's this crazy thing. It's this wacky thing. And then some bad shit goes down and she trips and falls and destroys a city block or something and killed people. Now, I love the I love the other line that she has when she says eventually people are going to forget about it because it only happens in Seoul. And that was a perfect little encapsulation of how easy it is. And I'm not saying that we all have to worry about everything going on in the world at all times. It's physically impossible. You're going to drive yourself crazy. That's why I can't look at the news anymore because it, it makes me unable to function. Yeah, I kind of yelled at him yesterday for doing that about <laughs> post office stuff. He doesn't doesn't watch enough news, so when he gets a little bit of bad news, he doesn't know there's already good news that's taking care of that bad news. I'm trying to internalize that. So just stay away from the news. (laughs) Well, you've done a great job of just sending me vaccine news, which thank God. Anyway. There is no God. (laughs) Careful now. We're on air. Um, Well, isn't that where God's supposed to be? Oh, (laughs) Gamera died for our sins. Oh. (laughs) What was I saying? Oh yeah. So one of but it's just this idea though of how easy it is to put that stuff out of your mind when maybe a little bit of 
it's not even it's not even a, a cautionary t uh, lesson necessarily. It's just reflecting reality about how well, eventually we all kind of go back to our own lives and the world keeps turning. We have to. That is psychologically, genetically how we are built. If we didn't do that, we wouldn't survive. But right. that doesn't mean that we shouldn't, you know, press against those things to do more. Right. I mean, one of the re one of the only reasons I think why we're kind of limping along in the United States right now. Sorry, guys, to bring up modern current events. Oh, I was about to go there anyway. Okay, great. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah. One of the only reasons why I think we're kind of limping along right now, as opposed to completely collapsed, is because of the internet and our ability as as a modern society to coordinate aid to each other and to be able to help each other. To some extent, yes. But a large portion of it just comes to the plasticity of the human brain and being able to normalize mm, everything. Mm -hmm. Like, six months ago, walking around with a mask and staying six feet away from people, that would feel odd and uncomfortable. Now, it feels odd and uncomfortable not to do that. Right. And, and of course, you know... I mean, I'm going to do the sign of the cross real quick. Uh, I'm, for comedic <laughs> effect. Comedic effect. Uh, I, I'm in, in six months or however long, hopefully sometime next year, things will go back to a little more normalcy, normal, whatever normal was before all this, it'll just be the new, new normal. It'll be like, okay, well, now we've got the vaccine and we can kind of do what we were doing, but we still got to keep an eye on it. Don't go crazy now. And, you know, eventually it'll just be another flu. And, again, normalized. It's not that there even is this back-to-normal idea. It's just like saying, make America great again. Like, it's another <laughs> bullshit term that doesn't mean anything. There is no such thing as, as normal. Right. It's you adapt, and, you, and the world keeps turning. Which is what happens in the movie. At first, yes. everyone is... Losing their crap. It's it's like 9-11. People are all calling each other and being like, what's happening? Oh my god, there's monsters in the world. And then it sort of normalizes. It becomes this... Uh, you hear people cheering from their houses because they started rooting for this monster whenever this robot shows up. Everyone's like, the robot's a dick. The The monster was just kind of dumb. <laughs> well, step back to slightly beginning when it first happened. Right. When Anne Hathaway's character called the, the ex-boyfriend. Like, oh my God, you see what's going on? You know, she's all freaked out. And he's like, oh, that happened nine hours ago. Like, it was yeah. no longer valid to him. It was, it's the past. It's somewhere else. Move on. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's... There is a lot of, um, there's a lot of conversations to be had. Hi, Corby. There's a lot of conversations to be had about, <laughs> about, um. I got a pussy under my pussy. <laughs> That's casting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there's, a, there's a conversation to be had, though, about, about disasters happening overseas and, about, like you said, how, how easy it is for, how we have to, on some level, kind of put it out of our minds. But again, try to push out against it. That's why I like seeing the little signs of help Korea and mm -hmm. stuff in the, in the little Korean shop and stuff. Because you can tell that the, the two of them must have, they must have lived there. They must yeah, be from that's there. That's what I thought. So, it's, and, and I can only imagine being in Japan or something and then hearing that 
oh, there's a wildfire ripping through Texas right now. There and... was. They put it out. It was in Bastrop. We're good now. Okay, well, it's always <laughs> fucking Bastrop. Poor Bastrop. Oh, God. But again, it, it's, you know, you know, I've been watching a lot of Scrubs recently, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like how they have to normalize death in some way so that they can function and keep doing their jobs. That doesn't mean they lack empathy. It just, it's a coping mechanism. Yes. So, I, I, yeah, I just, I fucking love this movie. Especially the ending. And I know the ending is probably the most unrealistic thing because Gloria hops it's, a plane uh, to Korea. Okay, yes, unrealistic, but it fits with everything else. It's no more no more unrealistic than the rest of it. The, it, it again, it's the, it's not about the how, it's about the why. And it's about, about, about bringing things full circle. Because thematically, she is not going to be saved by anyone. As many people are in abusive relationships, you have to extricate yourself from it. Yeah. Not all the time. Not all the well, time. The, the, way, the way it gets to that point for people who don't understand abusive relationships, when a woman, typically a woman, yes, sometimes a man, are, are in, a, in a really abusive relationship, their friends and families will see. Right. And they will do their best to try to extricate them from that. But they're not ready. Right. And they just keep going down this road, and it's just like being with a drug addict. Eventually, you have to step back and let them figure out shit on their own. So right. we don't know anything about her family. When she came back, the family was gone. I have no idea what happened. So they she said that they were out of town and she was just, they weren't renting, quote unquote, renting the house at the time. But basically know. she didn't have anybody. She was on her own because who knows how long she was in shitty relationships like this. So she didn't have anybody, not because nobody didn't give a shit. That's a triple double neck. <laughs> um, I'm sure people cared about her, but they were, they were completely burnt out on doing that. It's like, you know what? She's got to pick the wrong road. So yeah, she was on her own to do this, but not because there wasn't anybody else at some point that was there to help her. Right. She had essentially burned just about every bridge she had. I mean, her sister called her mm -hmm. and that was the first person she talked to after the incident. It, it and, and, and I think that that is, the most one of the most important aspects of the movie is that she has to solve this herself, and of course, God knows where she got the money. Gamera knows where she got the money to get a ticket to Seoul. She must have had a credit card somewhere. I, 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 my original thought of the movie was that it was all a metaphor that it didn't really actually happen. Well, it didn't but, happen. It's a movie. <laughs> Go ahead. But that, that the whole thing, most of the the unrealistic shit that happened was all metaphors. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no question that the whole movie is this one big metaphor for abusive relationships. Yes, but I'm taking that a step further and saying that the the kaiju thing did not actually happen. Like the, hmm. it, like we were talking a little bit before we got started. She is, she's broke, she's poor, and yet she has a passport already and just jumps on a plane to Seoul, which is going through a major disaster. Their airports are open. Like, it, it, it makes no scientific sense. But, you know, it's just as uh, a sane as the beginning of the movie when they get struck by lightning from some alien cloud. Right, and I, and I think that's kind of, uh, you're catching on. You're catching on, because... I think it's one of the keys to enjoying, actually finding enjoyment in kaiju films is, is that susp inherent suspension of disbelief. This idea that, like, you, at a certain point, kind of got to let the movie just take you with it. And, 
and enjoy it on a certain level. And that can be hard. That can be hard if, you know, especially if you've got a very analytical, scientific so, mind. So, this is not the first movie we've watched together. And I think that Matt really enjoys watching my brain unravel and figure all this out. Now, I, I, I'm a very vocal person during a movie. Don't sit next to me if you don't want talking. Like, I, unless you gag me or something. <laughs> You're going to get it. But just guessing... The stuff that's about to happen based on the past stuff. I, I got, I don't know, about 50% guess rate you, on getting it right. You were going in some directions that were completely plausible. And, but I, I, when the monster stuff first started happening, your brain was going a mile a minute. Yes. I think if I hadn't seen the movie already, I probably would have been pissed. <laughs> but, uh, but I now, since I already seen the movie and I knew how it was going to go, I was just kind of like, yes, the puppet master. And I'm watching, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm watching you try to figure it out, which was fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, with something like, for example, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which was the first kaiju movie you and I watched together, that's a pretty, that's a relatively easy movie to predict, because it's fairly by-the-numbers. Formulaic. Very formulaic. It's very much, um, especially if you're a Godzilla fan, like, oh my god, if you knew anything about Godzilla before that movie, you probably wouldn't even need to see it. You just watch the trailer <laughs> and you would have figured it all out. But uh, with this... I was really enjoying myself watching you try to, try to, try to take, pick it apart and try to figure out like, okay, what's going to happen? Is this going to happen? And you kept asking and I'm just like, "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm." (laughs) well, you're really bad at lying. And so when I got close, I could tell by the pitch of your uh uh-huhs if, yeah, if, if I was getting close or not. But I love doing it. Like my degree is in psychology and human sexuality. I am... I want to take the human brain apart like it's a toaster and figure out how it all works. Because mm-hmm. that's how I make my connections to other human beings is trying to guess what's going on in their brain, which translates over to various different media types, trying to figure out, okay, this thing happened. What was the psychological equation that went before that that became this result? Because there's mm. always those factors. Very, very few things actually random. Mm. So I love, I love doing that, especially when I get the answer right. <laughs> it's like it's a drug it's Man, we lots all, of endorphin rush when I get it right it's just so interesting <laughs> that uh, I say interesting a lot it's one of our ga- uh, one it's of a our drinking jo- game now. it's a drinking game how many times I say interesting S- but it is that word that <laughs> uh, to 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 learn how people enjoy movies differently you know cause I'm one of those people that unless a movie is pissing me off, unless I hate a movie and I need to sit here and pick it apart in order to figure out what's wrong with it. I know where you're going with this. You're like most of the other people that watch TV where your brain goes to mush. It doesn't go to mush. Yes, there's been scientific evidence that shows that if you have a kid that reads a book versus a kid that watches TV, they might as well be dozing. And I I take media like that like I'm reading. And so Mm. I don't let my brain go to mush. I'm constantly thinking and like, where's it going? What's happening next? Now, see, the thing I will push back on you with that is that I later I go back and if I really liked something or if I really hated something, I will analyze it and figure out why did I like this? Because, I mean, I write about kaiju movies semi-professionally at this point. Like, I've, I write reviews and I do podcasts where I take the movies apart. I've been doing reviews on oneofus.net for years. But that's afterwards. I'm talking about during the okay, movie. Okay, afterwards. Because I'm absorbing it and I'm not trying to... I'm... I'm, I'm You're relaxed and letting it come in. I'm letting it come... 
I'm letting it come in me, Kasten, please. We have to get our vernacular right. <laughs> I'm letting it take me where it's going to go because I want to respect what the filmmaker is trying to bring to the table. And see, it's like going being on a, on a roller coaster. And on a roller coaster, what's, what's the rhythm of the roller coaster? I know you like roller coasters. I love roller what's coasters. What's the rhythm of the roller coaster? Where does it slow down? Where does it speed up? At what point am I supposed to be paying attention to something other than the roller coaster? Which is a trick that Disney roller coasters use a lot. Where they'll put, they'll put stuff mm -hmm. on the track so that it'll slow down a little bit. And then it'll speed up. Yeah. And um, like, uh, for example... I went to Tokyo Disney Sea for the first time last November. God, it was so good. It was so fucking cool. <laughs> it's such a good. And you get to stay there very long. We were there after hours, so we were, it was it was only open for maybe four or five hours. But only it feels empty. Like you could do the whole fucking park. It was in not empty. <laughs> oh, I think you said after hours. It was after hours. It was like special price after hours, but it only means you have so many hours to enjoy the park. And there were a couple of rides that we could get on really quickly, but for the but. Uh, every uh, other every other ride was still like a half hour to an hour oh, away, yeah. but we we went to one that was Journey to the Center of the Earth, and it starts off. It, it the ride technically starts when you get in line because you go into an elevator that has a little meter that shows you going down into the crust of the earth when you have mm -hmm. extra just going down like a floor, but it does they do a really good job of creating the illusion yeah. of it, and then you go down there, and you're uh, you're seeing all the stuff in the queue that's like all the materials and all the scientific equipment, all the creatures that live in the center of the earth. Cause you know, it's the old, it's the old, uh, Jules, is it Jules, Jules Verne? Verne? I think it's yeah, Jules Verne. It's, it's the old Jules Verne novel where we didn't know what was in the center of the earth. So the idea was that there was maybe this whole ecosystem inside mm -hmm. this, inside the earth, which is a fun fantasy idea. It's, it's, it's pseudoscience, uh, steampunk, very steampunky pseudoscience. And then you get into a big minecart, and you're going down these different tunnels, and it's fairly leisurely because, and you're just seeing these different environments and biomes with these crazy. Please creatures. tell me it just drops at some point. Uh, that was the original plan. They were going to do like a Tower of Terror drop, but then, but mm -hmm. then, you you're seeing all these fantastical creatures, and then at a certain point, you see that the 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 the. Track. track splits and one up ahead has been caved in so you're being diverted down a path that they haven't fully explored yet they just lay down the tracks and then something starts following the you hear this these these noises around you and then you take a turn and there's this big animatronic lava monster like lava bug that like comes out at you and then bam your cart's off and now it's a roller coaster and, and that's that's the moment when it speeds up and you're like, we gotta get out of here. And now your cart's out of control. And you go outside into the air, like out the volcano and stuff. And there's this whole drop. That's where the drop is. So, and um, then you're back at base. You made it back to the base safely. So there's a story to mm -hmm. it. And that's the way I, 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 I view movies is I'm like, I'm going along with it. And then I can reflect upon it. Whereas I dissect every single fucking piece, and if there's something wrong, it makes me upset. Like, no, that doesn't add up. No, that's wrong. Everyone <laughs> enjoys movies differently. Or doesn't enjoy them. <laughs> I do enjoy them. Yeah. Especially when I'm right. And I did do something wrong. <laughs> You're a pill. <laughs> but, that being said, uh, I... 
I did really enjoy watching this with you, and Yay. I'm I I hope you enjoyed the movie. Like, yes. uh, out of out of ten, what would you give the film? Well, I had zero expectation going into it, or a little bit based on the previous kaiju movies. It was completely different than that. I was expecting more of what we had before, even mm-hmm. though we said it wasn't exactly alike. But you were expecting was, like just battles and well, and... just more of the the. The atmosphere of the other ones, but this this was not that at all. Mm-hmm. Like I I forgot it was a kaiju movie until it happened. Right. And then I was like, oh oh yeah, that's right. I completely forgot about it. Whereas that wouldn't be the case in any of the other kaiju films I've seen. Well, it was almost sort of like when we were watching Gamera two, and we all forgot it was a Gamera movie because there's all this <laughs> other stuff going on, and then Gamera shows up. Like oh yeah, yeah, yeah there's a turtle. Uh. So yeah, um, but but like like I said, like out of ten, what would you give it? Because that's sort of a tradition on the website. Hmm. We'll see. Me, my little analytical thinking. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, in all the movies I've ever seen in a particular genre, like mm. what 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 breakdown right. are we going with? Let's here? go with your own personal enjoyment. Maybe a six out of ten. Really? Yeah. That middle of the road. Yeah, but mm. as far as that type of that little genre of its own movie type, I'd say eight out of ten. But mm. Movies in like there's a wide. Well, spectrum you've seen all. Yeah, I I can understand that. I can understand. That. Brain is really interesting. We're gonna have to do more episodes. <laughs> you just thought because my background was in relationships that I would like it more. But what you're not considering is it strikes really close to home for me mm. because I wasn't in one of those abusive relationships for two years with a guy named Matt, not this <laughs> one. Um, and it took me, and I had to extricate myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have a little help though, but seeing all that and reliving it, uh, watching the movie, it's it's it makes me feel like I failed somehow, which is not mm. true. But looking back at previous casting. It's like, what the fuck was wrong with you that you mm. stayed there? And I'm like, well, I remember this and that. So it's just one of those things that just hits a little close to home is all. So that's why I don't like it more because it's a reflection of how I feel I failed my former self. Well, I'm not going to lie. I feel a little I feel a little guilty now. I feel a little no! Now. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I can hear the listeners being like, what the fuck, Matt, you piece of shit? And, uh, but, okay, well, I guess... That's a thing that I I would want to. Hmm. I just I, I'm. I that is a perspective that I hadn't really considered. Well, it's also been what maybe an hour since we finished it, so I haven't marinated it. I might have a different number in the morning after I sleep on it. That's fine. I just was. I just sorry, my number isn't big enough for you. <laughs> it's not that I'm, I'm. It's not that I'm offended that you I, don't rank it higher. I'm just saying that. It's just a unique perspective. And that's one of the purposes of this podcast is to have unique perspectives, especially on this genre, because I am constantly surrounded and talking to people who just, to use your words, marinate in this genre. And get someone from an outside perspective to reflect on it is very valuable, I think. Mm. Um, I guess I just... I have really high standards too. I'm glad you didn't ask me what I ranked the previous kaiju movies we watched because then that <laughs> might hurt you. But I'm really picky and I need time to I love know. something. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, I, you know, they're not all going to be people's cup of tea either. You know, 
that's why I'm glad I have that perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still uh, a little worried that people are going to be like, oh, uh, you know, Matt subjected this poor woman to. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it really. In order to appreciate or unappreciate things, you have to be exposed to a wide variety of things. Now, this is going to be another peg point I have to compare other things to. And possibly other things are really close to Like, oh, okay, maybe that was actually better than I thought it was. Hmm. Um, I should have started you off lower on the totem pole for kaiju stuff. <laughs> well, those are my other things. I'm really, really new to the genre. And since I am such a science-based person... Having all of this stuff that isn't explained drives me fucking insane. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to lose a few points for mm. not being realistic. And it's not like it's happening in a fantasy world. It's supposed to be set here now. Hmm. So, if it was fantasy world, then yes, fuck all the rules except physics and we're cool. Hmm. But that's not the I like to know how shit works. And hmm. if they don't give me that, all the little bits of the formula to come up with the answer, that leaves me feeling... Like a lover who brings you close to orgasm and then walks away. <laughs> Maybe we should watch Shin Godzilla next. Because that's the one that is literally, the whole film is the cast trying to figure out what Godzilla is. Do they, you don't have to spoil it at all, but do they get close or get any good ideas? They get some good ideas. Okay. They get it. They that would get, be acceptable. Because what that movie is, is it is about characters the it, it it's not it doesn't have super great character development but the characters are very clearly trying to they're trying to figure this problem out it's their job the the whole job of this whole cast is a a bunch of people in a room trying to figure out what Godzilla is and figure out how to stop it so it's law and order godzilla Yes! No! It's a it's a crash course in Japanese politics. Oh. That it, it, It's the West Wing that breaks out into a Godzilla movie. I love that show. Can we please have President Bartlett? Please give us President Bartlett! One thing I will say is... Um, oh, shoot. Uh, regarding Shin Godzilla is... Uh, one, of the, one of the knocks, my knocks against it, one of my things that dips it a little bit for me, is it is kind of a... It's sort of a fantasy for people who want small government. <laughs> mm. So it's like, it's you're really getting to see the fantasy version of what a Japanese political conservative thinks the government should be. Which is really kind of funny. Because <laughs> it's uh, the whole, the problem with the Japanese government is red tape. Mm -hmm. And this is literally a movie where Godzilla destroys the red tape. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll, wa we'll watch that some other time. But, um... Thank you, Kasten, for enduring these kaiju films. That is not films. the right word. I'm still new. It's like I'm getting thrown to the deep end of the pool and can't swim yet. I'm doing my best. I'm keeping my head above water. But eventually, when I figure more things out, then I can appreciate what I've already been exposed to. Does that okay. make sense? No. I mean, uh, Morgan was the same way. She really didn't know much of what to think about the genre until she started seeing more and more of it. And now, the first Godzilla movie I ever showed her, we went back and we rewatched it, and she was like, oh, this, she, she used to love it. Mm -hmm. And now she went back and she was like, oh, this is kind of bad. Because <laughs> she thinks the camera movies are better. Because, <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so, yeah. Um, I guess the other, the other, oh, wow. I didn't realize Jason Sudeikis was engaged to Olivia Wilde. Mm. Oh, I didn't know about that. Anyway. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. 
Um, thank you for your perspective. I really appreciate it. You're, you, you, you have a very, how do I put this? Blunt way yes. of, very blunt way of delivering stuff. Cause I can tell that a lot of, some of our listeners are going to hear you relating some of your previous stories and probably be concerned that maybe you were forced okay, to relive so, some of this. So or... just for all y'all, after all of this, I went to college, got my degree. I was in therapy a long time. Like I am completely healthy and happy now. It's just shit that happens when you're young and dumb. And I, I'm healed from it. So this movie did not by any means, you know, cause me any harm. But it's just kind of one of those things where you're kinda, you look back and you're like, eh, I could have done better. I feel that way with certain with certain young male protagonists in certain media. Like, I'll look at the stuff they do and I'm like, Ugh. Like, I'll kind of... Oh my gosh. Uh-oh. I just thought of something. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, no, no. You just made me think of um, the people who watched Jason Sudeikis' character mm-hmm. and start reflecting like, oh no, I've done stuff like that. Uh. It's almost like the movie makes you think. Mm. Mm. Well, again, thank you very much for joining uh, me in this late night kaiju excursion. Okay, I, I go to bed at I, the crack of dawn, so this I is know. not, this is dinner time for most normal people. Are you hungry? Yeah. You want to go get some hamburgers? You want to go to some McDonald's? Uh, we just had hamburgers, but though. But see, now Morgan has the evidence that we're getting fast food together. She doesn't like that. Ha-ha! She can't do anything <laughs> about it now! <laughs>